career-driven individuals. Ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info slash SPS. Your journey begins here. One constant feeling reigns over the 130-plus year history of NC State Wolfpack football. Hope. And when there's hope, well, Pack fans can always relate. Pack family, time for a true look at your team. Expert analysis, special guests, and a Carter Finley-sized bag full of X's and O's. Let's get hooked up for Pack Therapy. Here are your hosts, Tim Donnelly and Wolfpack great Mike Lennon. Pack Therapy Week Two podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly, as you just heard. Pack Legend Mike Lennon with us. Uh, please, everybody. I, I was I was told I didn't say this enough last episode. Subscribe wherever you find this podcast, whatever system or or podcast service you use. Please subscribe. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it, and we'll keep uh, we'll keep talking Pack football for you. Uh, let's start with a little recap, Mike. Uh, start with this, and and I feel like we always have to. Like a win is a win is a win, and you celebrate every win. So, big win over UConn. Big win. But last week you asked me how what would be good if I felt how would like, I feel on Friday morning. What would I feel good about? I wouldn't say I felt <laughs> great. I did feel great that I, there was a bunch of college football coming, but I, I was um, there. There was definitely some highs and lows in the mm-hmm. game. I was sure we'll get into. Um, but to say I felt great about it would be a lie. And and well, actually, let's let's separate, right? Because I do think the defense did play well, excluding that first series that made me terrified, and then uh, the long touchdown run, which you can't do that. You can't say like, oh, excluding the the two bad things. But other than that, for most of the game, they were in pretty good, uh, pretty good form. Correct, and then that's exactly what I had. I had a few times they gave up the first drive, the long run. There's a few times where they kind of had bad gap integrity mm-hmm. where they. The rush lane, you know, or not the rush lane, the, just the gaps where it was filled. And UConn did a nice job blocking it up. Now, you can't take it away, but if you're only really talking about two things, that's pretty good. The defense did look good. They looked fast. They looked physical. The DBs were good in coverage. Overall, I was definitely pleased with the defense, um, and, and I think they will definitely keep this team in games. You could tell their or team in games. We could tell they're well-coached. Guys were in the right spot. And we saw the making of a good defense. And and Peyton Wilson, ACC linebacker of the week, he gets the pick to seal it. So uh, we could talk a lot about the defense and nitpick, but I think most of our time should be spent on on the offense. Uh, we'll start with Brennan Armstrong. Uh, 19 carries is too many. Like, that's just too many. But from, like, I feel like he's a more popular guy in the locker room this week because he kind of dragged at times the offense and he was grit and grindy and he kept standing up, but – I don't know if that's what you want from your quarterback. It's not, but it might be what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that was the brightest spot of this offense was Brennan Armstrong running the ball. Now, 19 times, that's a, that's a lot, and those hits are going to add up over the season. But that's exactly what we saw him do at Virginia. He's this physical, tough runner. And I think, you know, the guys in the locker room are probably like, wow. You know, there's respect gained because in practice and scrimmages, you, the quarterback's not able to do that. You know, they're tagging him off. They're not able to kind of run over a guy. And you saw what he could bring. 
Now, I will say as good as he was running the ball, I felt like as the game went on, his eyes were dropping in, mm-hmm. in the pocket, and he was just kind of like one and run. If one wasn't there, he was taken off, uh, which to me tells me he was lacking a little trust in whether it was offensive line or receivers, which you don't want to do. You want to have trust in these guys. But, man, I think NC State fans saw what he could do, and it was exciting to see how physical of a runner he really is. I agree with you on, on the up and – like it, it felt – it was hard to complain about it because it was working. He was picking up, you know, six yards a carry or whatever it was. But there were times I was like, just give it time. Like you have it in, you know, shuffle in the pocket. I'm not saying it was the cleanest pocket in the world. But there were plays where he had time and he did, uh, you know, happy feet, whatever you want to call it. He tucked it and, and ran a little early. And and that's where I think it can uh, add up, right? They're, they might have to use his legs more this year. We'll see. But you can't take if there's some if there's a way to take a hit off you, you have to do that. You right. have to get it out of your hands. Right. And I, it kind of – it's funny I was thinking about it is how in the preview show you said, are you okay if this offense turns it into kind of an air raid? Where I think <laughs> now the question is, are you okay with this offense where Brendan Armstrong is almost the lead run it, runner? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, with that being said, I was actually pleased with the running backs. I thought Jordan Houston looked good. I thought Michael Allen looked good. I thought Dalbert Mims looked good. But the offensive line wasn't creating – whole lot of holes there was way too much penetration from the UConn defensive line and and there just wasn't a lot there and it felt like the only time the run game really got going was with Brennan so so let's let's kind of bridge the gap here that's a lot of look back Robert and I's offense um there are there's room for improvement uh, there were at times there would be like a six play stretch and I'd go, Oh, they're catching a rhythm. All right. They're, they're getting it. And then for whatever reason, that rhythm would, would fall out of favor. And we'd have Brennan Armstrong scrambling for his life running for, you know, six yards again. Um, what, what was your take on kind of the play calling and the rhythm of it? Yeah, I thought there was, you saw some of that movement we talked about where kind of the motions and guys lining up in different spots, but I didn't, it wasn't quite as creative as I was kind of anticipating. There wasn't a whole lot of those bunch formations, those stack formations, which I think, um, as I'm sure we'll get to the receivers, you're going to have to find ways to help these guys out more. So I thought it, you know, maybe he was saving stuff. We talked about that, which I don't think you want to do. Vanilla? You, I don't know you, about you that. Keep, you know, you saw, a little close for comfort. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll see as the season evolves, you know, it's game one. I don't think they're going to have their full playbook in. I think as the season goes, it'll continue to evolve. But overall, I didn't. It wasn't quite as much. Um, I don't want to say razzle dazzle, but it was just more static mm. than I was kind of anticipating. And 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 now Notre Dame's coming to town, and uh, the, the wide receivers, as you brought up, there was at least one really bad drop where where it was uh, I think a hitch on the left side, and it went went right through the hands of the receiver. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of still waiting for one of the receivers to make a play right to to make the catch that is difficult rather than just making the ones they should getting the yards they should there wasn't a ton of yak opportunities against Notre Dame you're going to need some some individual good plays like you know hey you're covered but you make the catch anyway uh you 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 catch a guy on your back and you shake him off and keep running Brendan Armstrong is going to need help in that respect from his receiving core he is and I I felt overall it, it was not a it was like for the most part, Brennan was good throwing the ball. There was a few times where he wasn't accurate, um, but it felt just like when he did throw a good ball, the receivers would kind of drop it. I remember there was a time Bradley Rosner, you know, gets his one chance in the around the five yard line to catch a fade. He drops it. It just the receivers didn't step up like I hoped. You know, that was the big question mark. 
And I would say through one game, it's still a huge question mark. Is, is All right, I, w- I want to focus on the offense not being in sync because that is the concern when you have a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback. Uh, Rosner's new. Casey Concepcion as a, as a freshman is new. Uh, when you have that much new, how long does it take? Uh, it might take, you know, through the month of September, mm-hmm. but eventually, you know, and, and it's not all about just the, the drops are going to happen. The, the inaccurate balls are going to happen. It was just, you wanted someone to kind of stand out, like, mm-hmm. you know, take over that. I want to be the number one receiver. And right now it, it just doesn't feel like that's there. So, so now let's, let's, you know, uh, obviously I know, I know your history, but for, for those of you that don't, uh, when you're in college, TJ Graham, uh, when you're in the pros, there was Vincent Jackson, there was Mike Evans, there was Larry Fitzgerald, there was uh, a quick cup of coffee with with Antonio Brown out there in Oakland, which might be an entire podcast on its on, on its own. But uh, but you've been around number one wide receivers. How do you like? How does that happen? How does Brennan Armstrong get a guy to sh- show him? Not obviously not what Larry Fitz like. Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> is obvious, but but you you understand what I mean? Like when do you go from being one of the guys to the number one guy? Yeah, I think that happens on Saturdays. I mean, someone practice all that. Someone has to step up in a game situation where he knows in a key situation, I'm going to this guy. And from the looks of it, from my eyes, there, there isn't that guy yet from the looks of him kind of dropping his eyes and looking to run. I don't sense that he feels that way. He's yet. his own number one. kind and of. <laughs> it's a good feeling when you have, you look out there, you got one-on-one coverage with Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, you see man coverage. It's like, this is just one on one in practice. I'm going to him. It doesn't matter what the I'll route throw my is. Eyes somewhere I'm, else I'm for, for the first Hold the two safety steps. for you know the first two steps, like you said, and then and then you're coming back. And uh, you know, hopefully that that'll show someone will you know as the games go on, as the experience comes, that that will express itself. Um, but yeah, through hey, that first game so, wasn't there. So going into Notre Dame, uh, third and seven, a drive you need what's the like what's your like what's Robert and I's thought I think it's right now you know you talk about it's it's about not X's and O's it's Jimmy and Joe's I think right now it's not about Jimmy's and Joe's it's (laughs) about X's and O's and it's his job (laughs) to dial up a play that is gonna either win versus zone coverage you know that way it doesn't really matter as much who the receiver is and then if it is man coverage if you know Notre Dame likes to play man on third and seven you got to find a way to get creative with the formation, with motions, with these stack with rubs and, and right you know, with exactly. not screens, but screens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it puts more pressure on Robert and I um, to to win that X's and O's matchup. Uh, quickly here, and by, and by the way, we have Kyle Rudolph who recently retired. He's one of the best tight ends in Notre Dame history, uh, and and longtime NFL wide receiver as well, or NFL tight end as well. Uh, he'll be joining us in just a couple minutes here on, on Pack Therapy. But um, while we're here, the ACC, how wide open is it when you're, you know, the goal of every team in the country, in my estimation, is you win your conference championship, right? Then everything else in, or anything less is is kind of the gravy and the icing of it all. But when you look at the ACC, this thing is is wide open. State doesn't have Florida State on the schedule, which is, which is kind of nice. What's the landscape look like? Uh, to me, if I was an NC State player – on Monday night, I'm watching that game. I'm excited to go into practice mm-hmm. on uh, on a Tuesday because no more divisions, yep. so you don't have to worry about okay, we got Clemson, we got Florida State, we got Louisville with Lamar Jackson. That, you know, that's thrown out the window. So now the two best teams are getting in: Florida State, 
They look pretty dang good. Yep. So, but that still leaves one spot open. And if I'm watching that Clemson game, I'm feeling <laughs> like we this is wide open. And if we take care of our business, we can get a spot in that ACC championship. And um, it's a long season, but I, I I think after one week, there's a clear number one team, and then there's a, a big group after that that can compete for that next spot. And and. NC State is in that group, but there's the, everything we're talking about needs to be needs to be filled up, right? Uh, on the road at UConn, week one on the road is always kind of a little little sketchy. But if if those big lofty goals are still your big lofty goals, uh, the improvement from week one to week two has to be be tremendous. Uh, and that's usually the week. It's kind of like you know going from freshman to sophomore year. You expect a big jump, and then you know junior to senior year, smaller jumps. Week one to week two is one of those opportunities where uh, you should expect something big, right? Definitely, and that's what I feel like every kind of coach talks about is what you're saying is, you know, your first year of playing or your second year of playing, the first week, I remember the first week I played, it was against Liberty, and I, my first ever start, and it wasn't great. And then the next <laughs> week we went to Wake Forest, I felt way more comfortable. So I think going back to what we talked about, how UConn was kind of the perfect matchup of a not too good but not too bad, I think it was a wake-up call. I think mm. – for these guys and players, it's like if 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 we want to get to where we want to go, our aspirations, we need to play a lot better than we just did. But we still walked away with a win, and UConn was a good enough team that it's not going to be a complete culture shock going against Notre Dame. If if and no disrespect to this player, if Joe Fagnano can can run down the field on his opening drive against you, and and again that opening drive, he looked really really good. He, he came back down to earth. What's Sam Hartman going to do is kind of the wake up call because. Uh, NC State actually has a history with Sam Hartman in a completely different offense. Does does that familiarity help enough, or or is it a completely different beast? I think there's going to be some. I mean, the scheme is a scheme, and obviously what Wake Forest does in Notre Dame is two totally different, and that's part of the reason why Sam wanted to go to Notre Dame is to run this more pro-style offense. And through two weeks, he's looked pretty good in it. People kind of wondered how he would adjust to it. He looks pretty good. But I think there's a little bit of a PTSD type thing. You know, he's come into Carter Finley before and struggled a little bit. And, and although he's wearing a, a new type of, uh, instead of the gold and black, he's wearing the gold and blue. There's still those memories that when he walks in, you know, the bus pulls up, you know, gets off of Wade Avenue and all that. He's going to have a little bit of those memories of what it, what has happened there for him. So um, I don't think it matters as much schematically, but mentally, I think he could play a role in this. And, and he's probably going to get even a, a a different Carter Finley like I've 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 never been seen Notre Dame in Carter Finley but I've seen Notre Dame in in two other ACC uh stadiums and uh it's a different it's a different beast when they come to town so if he's expecting Carter Finley when Wake's in town it's going to be different than Carter Finley when Notre Dame's in town yeah I know Wake came here last year it was a, a night game which is one always thing. different yep but this is still the the season opener in Carter Finley with Notre Dame which is a huge you know, talk about an X on your chest. Everyone wants to knock off Notre mm-hmm. Dame. So it's going to be a rowdy environment. Um, he's played in plenty of them. But I, I still think he's going to have some memories of, of coming to Carter Finley in the past. For more on Notre Dame, we're going to go to a Notre Dame legend. Kyle Rudolph, recently retired, longtime NFL tight end. But before that, he was a Notre Dame fighting Irish legend. He's going to join us after this right here on Pack Therapy. Did you?
you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome in back, I should say, to Pack Therapy, the podcast. On Notre Dame week, we had to bring out the big guns. The uh, the, the for tight end, you we have one of the one of those tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, former uh, Notre Dame tight end, longtime NFL tight end, fresh off a retirement announcement just a couple days ago. Uh, the full uh, I'll give the full resume here before we we bring Kyle on. Uh, Two time Pro Bowler, five star recruit, first tight end to start every game as a freshman in Notre Dame history. Fifty touchdowns, one hundred and sixty five games in the NFL. Uh, that's just the the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, Kyle, thank you for for taking the the time to join us, and uh, we'll start with that retirement announcement. Why was now the right time? You know, for me, ultimately, it was a decision that. I made alongside with my family this off season and, you know, where we are now as a family, I have to make decisions for not just myself and what's best for me, but, you know, I have four kids and of those four, three are in school and we were in Minnesota for such a long time and played 10 years in one place. We didn't have to do like a lot of guys do throughout the course of our league where, you know, you're constantly moving and changing and switching teams And then over the course of three years from my last year in Minnesota to this past year in Tampa, I played three teams in three years. And ultimately it would have probably been my fourth team in four years had I decided to keep playing. Um, I think you couple that with now the opportunity to get into the media, Um, starting uh, my career in the booth, calling Big Ten games for NBC on Peacock having the opportunity to host a Fox radio show on Sundays during Sunday night football. And for me, it really felt like a great time to make the transition. Um, You know, I know Mike would agree with me. We always had guys, mentors, veteran players in the locker room when we were younger players that told us, you know, when the time comes and you know, you just know. And for me, this off season, um, I knew it was time to move on to what's next. Uh, and from a guy that knows what it's like, talk about three teams in three years, seven <laughs> teams in seven years um, for me. So I, I know all about that. But I want to kind of tell a story about when me and Rudy were together. So we were playing for the New York Giants. Um, Jason Garrett was our offensive coordinator. And we started this season off 0-3. Um, we're going down to New Orleans. And if you remember, this was a couple years ago. New Orleans had a hurricane. And they had to relocate to Dallas. I believe they played their first game in Jacksonville. Had two away games. Well, they're coming home for the first time in uh, for week four in, in New Orleans. So the place is going to be rocking it. And Jason Garrett is telling this story about 
Katrina too and how we can't let you know all this outside noise affect how we play we can't let them get this momentum of what Katrina was with Steve Gleason and all this so he starts telling the story about Nick Saban um, I don't know when he, where he was together and he's talking about how Nick Saban was playing Notre Dame and they looked up and he said when we get to Notre Dame when we get to South Bend when you look up to and see touchdown Jesus <laughs> F touchdown Jesus we don't care about that <laughs> And so, anyway, we go down to New Orleans. Overtime game, we, we end up winning it. And uh, Daniel Jones has – he's the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And it was a great, great win. And it was – the whole message was this F, F Katrina too. So, the next week, we get back into our uh, meeting room. And this was COVID time, so we're in this, like, outdoor tent. <laughs> and above the whole thing – there's a touchdown Jesus poster that Rudy brought and it stayed there the whole year. So that, that was our kind of, uh, what we leaned on was to get through it was this F touchdown Jesus. And I tell this story to ask you when you were at Notre Dame, whether it was in South Bend or, or on the road, did you always feel like there was a target on your guys back? Like everyone was trying to take you off? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think just the Notre Dame brand in itself is one of those that's iconic and you know it's it's like the yankees you either love them or you hate them you either love notre dame or you hate notre dame and uh you know i know jg and his story uh you know he'd always look over me like as he would say it almost as like is this okay rudy like are you okay that i say this um but it, it really did paint a picture for how opposing teams felt when they came to notre dame stadium and played in south bend Unfortunately for us, we didn't really have the the mystique and the wherewithal that touchdown Jesus really stood for in the tradition of the program when I was there. We were extremely average, uh, six and six my first two years, and I think we finished my last year eight and five. But to me, having had the opportunity this year with my TV career to call the spring game and really dive into this team for the first time and study them as opposed to just being a former player in the NFL that watches the games as we're traveling on Saturday or, or follows from afar. I had an opportunity to actually dive into this year's Notre Dame team. And it's really exciting for me, obviously we're, you know, we've played two games uh, playing the week zero game over in Ireland and then coming home and playing Tennessee state. So, you know, for us, coming to NC State, playing on the road for the first time, you know, it was a home game in Ireland. But having that true first road test, I don't know if it was, but I, from my memory, I believe the last time we came down there and played was around a hurricane. Like there it was, was I remember hurricane. watching, yeah. I remember watching that game on TV in Minnesota and just thinking how miserable it had to be. And for us as offensive guys, you can't do anything. You can't throw the football, um, so for Notre Dame this year, you know, it's, I think it's a team that has a chance to do something special. Obviously, you add Sam Hartman and his experience and the success that he's had to a team and a, a program that's really hung their hat on offensive line play, dominating the line of scrimmage, running the football. In the past, if we got into a game that was a shootout, we were in trouble. Uh, we had to play good defense, run the football. And now when you get into a shootout, you have a 24-year-old, six-year quarterback back there that yeah. can sling it around. So uh, 
I'm excited for these guys to bring that magic and mystique back from Touchdown Jesus. So when people come to South Bend, they're <laughs> actually worried about coming to South Bend to play Notre Dame again. I, I actually want to want to go into that. You mentioned 24 years old. I looked up uh, where you were when you were Sam Hartman's age. You were going into your, your third year in the pros, coming off a Pro Bowl year, just to kind of put it in your, your memory. It was uh, – you, this would have been the preseason after Adrian Peterson ran for the 2,000 yards. Uh, what would you have done in college if, if you were Sam Hartman's age yet still kicking around on, on Notre Dame's campus rather than going up in the NFL? You know, it's interesting because I had the opportunity to sit down with Sam for our production meeting for that spring game, and I felt like I was sitting across the table from, you know, a peer in the NFL, just his – maturity and the way that he approaches things and obviously where he's at in his academic career he doesn't have the workload that all the other undergrad players have at Notre Dame so they would talk about how much time Sam would spend in the building uh you know to me I'm thinking about Mike the the times that we spent in the building and how long we were there that's almost what Sam does at Notre Dame because he has a few grad classes he doesn't have the full class load that everyone else has but, yeah, it's crazy for me to think about. I, I left Notre Dame at 21 years old. Um, I played my first game in the NFL at 21 years old. Um, you know, I, I turned 24, uh, I believe, actually during the fourth season in the NFL. Because for me, it went like 21 was my first year, 22, second, three, three, four, four. And so I – almost like I I think after my third year I had signed my second contract in the NFL already so you know here's a guy who's still playing college football and for me I was going into my fourth season and had just signed a, a five-year contract extension with the Vikings and and we to go along with this touchdown Jesus theme I mean I feel like maybe our the kids now didn't grow up with the movie Rudy but <laughs> I remember when I went to visit Notre Dame as a sophomore in high school, I was like enamored with the touchdown Jesus, the play like a champion, like all of the Golden Dome, and I thought it was so cool. And this is kind of a random question, but you being nicknamed Rudy, did that <laughs> play a role? Like, did you grow up being a Notre Dame fan or anything like that? <clears throat> Rudy, no, Rudy. Yeah. Not. I mean, I love the movie. Like everyone else <laughs> around our age, like you know, but that was a, like one of the all-time greatest football movies that we grew up with, but. I think the thing that's interesting and also different about today's world and the kids that grow up in today's world as opposed to when we grew up. And I remember one of the big reasons I went to Notre Dame was every one of my home games was going to be on national television on NBC. Uh, now every team right. is pretty much playing on national TV every week. And like, it was such a big deal to be at Notre Dame and every game we play is on national television. That's part of the reason why, we could recruit the entire country because mom and dad are always going to be able to watch all your games. You know, you're not going to have a regional game that's only broadcast in the Northeast at one o'clock Eastern time. Um, so for me having the nickname Rudy, I mean, that's more based off my last name. My dad goes <laughs> by Rudy. My grandpa went by Rudy. I, I have been called Rudy my entire life. So then when I got to Notre Dame, from that point on, everyone just always assumed, like, oh, yeah, you're Rudy because you went to Notre Dame. It's like, well, no, actually, I've been Rudy my whole life, but now uh, those kind of go and are one and the same. Yeah. So uh, it, it's certainly 
had nothing to do with my decision to go there. Uh, my decision to go there was purely based on football, the opportunity to play on a national stage each and every week. Um, and, you know, you're not in a conference, so, you know, you have to compete against the entire country. You know, it's one of the things they always say, like at Notre Dame, you don't work in the off season to be all conference. Like you, you can't be all conference. You have to be an all American or you're nothing. Um, so that kind of competitive standard was something that was appealing to me. You, you, uh, we brought up earlier that you're doing some work calling big 10 games. Talk about Notre Dame can't be all conference is, is, I mean, we're, we're an ACC country here. There's a, there's a lot of desire for Notre Dame down the line or as soon as they want to, to join the ACC. You're a Notre Dame guy covering the the Big Ten. Is that a is that a connection that I should be looking into? <laughs> um, I'm a Notre Dame guy covering the Big Ten because NBC just signed a Big Ten contract and needed talent to fill for the games on right. on Peacock. But you know, it's it's interesting when you look at conference realignment and where the landscape of college football is headed. Um, I certainly understand why Notre Dame is independent and why they remain independent. Uh, I personally believe they will remain independent as long as it's financially responsible for the school. I and mean, people always ask, like, why isn't Notre Dame in a conference? Money. Uh, it's simple. Um, that's how all decisions are made across college sports. We all realize that. We all understand it. Um, and it will be very interesting if push comes to shove and you have to get into a conference. Do you do what used to geographically make sense, kind of the Big Ten, but now the Big Ten goes from Piscataway, New Jersey and Rutgers to Los Angeles, California to the Northeast, Washington. So like geographically, that's kind of all gone out the window. Um, so then it comes, you know, ACC, there's a history there. We played in the conference in 2020. Obviously, we have the, the five ACC games a year. So it'll certainly be interesting as the landscape of college football unfolds. Last thing before you go, Rudy, tell us, tell NC State fans what they can expect to see from this Notre Dame team when they come in town on Saturday. I think the biggest thing, and it's been a part of Notre Dame's DNA since I can remember uh, you know, like I mentioned before, it's a team that wins the game up front. You know, they, they lean on their offensive line. They want to run the football. Uh, Adric Estime is one of the best backs in college football. Uh, he reminds me of the Jerome Bettis that I watched growing up as a kid. Uh, just a, a huge back. But, you know, they also have kind of this – new modern era of a stable of backs. You know, there's multiple guys back there carrying the football. And I mentioned Sam Hartman before Sam adds a dynamic that we haven't had there in a long time. Um, you know, when you have a guy back there who Mike, you know how hard it is when, when you're playing in a system where you got to turn around and hand the ball off and hand the ball off and you live by the run game. And then all of a sudden you have a third and eight and you got to throw the ball or, you get down 10 points, 14 points. So we got to start throwing the ball around when you've done that from the beginning and Hey, we're slinging it all over the yard. Like you don't even worry about being down 10 points. You're like, we'll make that up in no time. But when your identity is built on running the football, it's really hard to be a quarterback who can all of a sudden 
we start playing in the drop back pass world and you've got to win a shootout and claw back from a two point deficit from the half of football that I watched Sam play in the spring game to the two games so far this year. You know, one of the big things that stood out for me last week was the two minute drive before half, uh, you know, JG's on the broadcast and he's talking about Notre Dame's calling timeouts. I think they were up 28, three or something at that time. And he's like, why are they calling timeouts? And he was purely saying they're going to get game experience for Sam to go out and execute this two minute drill. And sure enough, he was seven for seven or eight for eight goes right down the field and, and scores a touchdown. And when you have a guy who can kind of just flip that switch and start throwing the ball around, it makes your offense really tough to defend. So um, I think that's, what you can expect to see from Notre Dame is a team that's going to rely heavy on the run game. But if it turns into a shootout, you have a quarterback back there who can throw it around and has thrown it around a lot in the ACC. We lied. I need one more 15, 30-second answer. Uh, your final touchdown catch was from Tom Brady in his final regular <laughs> season game. Uh, where's the ball? Do you have it? Yeah, so that's uh, a good story in itself. So the t last touchdown pass that Tom Brady threw was actually my 50th career touchdown pass. I knew it was my 50th career touchdown pass when I caught it. We did not know that was ultimately going to be Tom's last regular season touchdown pass and the however many hundredths that he's thrown. So I immediately took the ball to the sideline, gave it to our equipment managers. They had it painted up for me. So the greatest quarterback of all times last regular season touchdown pass is now painted in my office and it says it's Kyle Rudolph's 50th career <laughs> touchdown. Well, what so, about all these records? I hope I have a small record with you, Rudy. Did I throw you your longest catch of your career against the Chargers? Absolutely. There we yeah, go. 60, 65 yards. So it, it took me 11 years to get 65 <laughs> yards, but Big Mike stood in there on third down. Stood in there on third down and took a shot. I took a uh, shot. And, and that ball's right next shot. to the Brady yeah. ball, right? Yeah, that right. ball's right, yeah. right next yeah. to it. Talk about the greatest Absolutely. of all time, you know. But. <laughs> uh, Kyle, we appreciate you for taking the time. Uh, good luck with, you, with your, your media career, and hopefully we're able to catch up again soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, and Rudy. Best of luck this week, but not too much yeah. luck. More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Way. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.